You're listening to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast with Courtney and Brittany. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Courtney. Today we have a special guest on the show, Wes. Some of you may know him from his social media account, Wes of Disabled Land. Wes is an outspoken disability advocate, especially for disabled children and youth. He's passionate about his advocacy work and firmly believes in equity for disabled children. Wes is the founder and creator of Disabled Land, and he's a clothing designer focusing on disability rights. He's also a talented artist. Wes is a disabled actor and believes that representation is extremely important. Recently, Wes took on the role as moderator for a well-known disability account which he wishes to keep anonymous. Unfortunately, he's had to moderate some vile and unbelievable comments and interactions, which further instills his belief that parents of disabled children should respect the privacy and autonomy of their children on social media. Thanks for coming on the show, Wes. We're so excited to have you here. Hi, I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to hear what you have to say today, Wes. (laughs) You are one of the accounts that I absolutely love that I found, which I found through Brittany, by the way, if it wasn't for Brittany. Um, I really wasn't scouring social media for accounts that were like yours, uh, which is kind of embarrassing a little bit. But once I did discover your account, it's it's by far one of my favorite accounts on Instagram right now. I, I'm not entirely sure how many accounts there are that are exactly like my account. There are many that are similar, but have much larger followings, both because they have worked very hard and both because I tend to not care if people follow me or not. I actually wanted to touch on your social media account, specifically Instagram, and how you've mentioned before that you you feel like you're not even sure how to describe what it is you do on social media. And maybe for the listeners that don't know you, can you give a little background of how your account has transformed? You know, I've been thinking about this the last couple days since I knew I was going to do this. I can't tell you how this started. I know I started before the world went crazy and shut down for the pandemic. As a disabled person, I was always looking for a way to make money. I was always playing with like t-shirt merch and like print to order stuff and things like that. But I genuinely can't tell you how this started. I genuinely can't tell you when I started doing Disabled Land as its own account. I cannot for the life of me remember how I started doing this. To me, you are the image of advocacy for privacy and autonomy and and other things related to disabled children. But for me, that that's what you stand for. And it's it's such an interesting dynamic that you unofficially kind of fell into that role. This is going to sound awful. But keep in mind, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 76. I grew up in the 80s. I grew up in the 90s. The only disability representation of any kind was awful. Mm-hmm. The only disability representation in the media was awful. I walk with a heavy limp. My cripple credentials are I was born with arthrogryposis. The only disability icon I had when I was a little kid was Terry Fox. When you walk with a limp and the only other person in the media that like resep- that the other able-bodied people are seeing also walks with a limp, you automatically get called that motherfucker. It doesn't matter. Mm. Little girl in a wheelchair. For some reason, idiots think it's real funny to refer to her as Hector Guerrero from uh, Breaking Bad. Don't know why. 
I don't know how I started. I didn't particularly like disability representation. The point where I started thinking I need to do more in this community came from my birthday. My best friend and I went to Niagara Falls. It was kind of a ritual we had. Stayed at the uh, Doubletree Hotel. Can't recommend it enough. Niagara Falls, Ontario. I don't know what the American one is like. I ran into this little kid and his cousin there. He was bouncing around the pool and he had the heart surgery scar. Got talking to him and his cousin, I think it was his cousin or his sister, and he was a sick kid's kid. Why was a sick kid's kid? Sick kids is the major hospital in Toronto, Ontario. One of the best hospitals you can go to if you're a kid with a disability or illness. Best in the world, quite frankly. He was actually part of the sick kids versus marketing campaign that they do to fundraise for their new hospital. Now, if you don't know about the Sick Kids marketing campaign, the Sick Kids versus campaign, post a link to it. It is the single best representation for disabled sick children that there will ever be. They will take representation of children and and for their parents, quite frankly. They will take representation of children that are literally dying of cancer and turn them into absolute badass. Not downplaying the situation, not downplaying how sick they are. But there is zero pity. There is zero, oh, look at this poor thing. It isn't like, oh, we need to build this hospital for these poor sick children. It's why the fuck haven't we built this hospital already for these incredible kids that need this? And maybe this doesn't have to be all this weak-ass victimization crap that I'm seeing. Then I just kind of started talking and quite frankly, motherfucking people online. It just kind of rolled from that. So I know that there's a growing presence on social media of parents and accounts for their disabled children. And I know that there is a way that it can be done well. And then there are many accounts out there that are not doing it well at all. And I'm interested to get your opinion on what you're seeing you're also moderating so you're having to deal with um comments and messages from people that the the account you're moderating they don't even really post like the medical side of things but there is a responsibility on parents to protect and maintain privacy for their children and I think that there is some level of that not happening within the social media world. And I just kind of want to get your side of it because you grew up in the 80s, so there wasn't social media. As a disabled adult and a disabled man, seeing this and seeing parents not respecting the privacy, do you have a feeling towards that? With that, uh, first of all, I'm going to come in real hot on something because I did listen to your very first episode and I kind of wish that I was in the second recording because I want to come in hot on something because the two of you were very wonderful and diplomatic as far as the term special needs. You don't want to tell anyone that it's wrong and I just want to come in real hot and say West of Disabled Land is saying it is absolutely wrong. The term special needs belongs in the dumpster. It is a garbage term. If you are the parent of a disabled child and you are too goddamn mortified, embarrassed, or ashamed that you cannot even speak the word disabled, you have a big problem. You are using that special needs term. You were A, telling your disabled, you think there's something wrong with your child being disabled. You were telling your disabled child, you think, showing them that there is something wrong with them being disabled. And you were showing the world that there is something wrong with the term disabled. 
on top of that, special needs don't actually exist. What you're calling special needs are your kids' human rights to all these things. Both of you have had to fight for it for your kids. When you call that and other disabled people start dogpiling on you and I come on and start politely motherfucking you, that is because not only are you fucking over your child, you are fucking over every disabled child. You are making it harder for you to get their shit, the shit they need. You are making it harder for them to eventually get the things they need. Because this isn't just, you know, like, oh, I can call my child whatever you want. You might think that, but you're not just messing with your kid's future. You're messing with all their futures. This is not a game. This is not a silly little wordplay. These are our human rights that you are fucking with on a daily basis because you can't suck it up, be an adult, and say the damn word. What you guys are hearing right now from Wes is exactly why, for me, your account and your voice on Instagram is so important. Because when we, me and Brittany, even in that other episode where we kind of bring up special needs, it's more of us trying to be like respectful of the caregiver parent journey. Because I know I was reactive to the people saying that I can't use the word special needs. And full disclosure, I like when Cyrus was first born. I 100% used that term until I was like, oh, yep. this, and it never felt right using that term, but I it didn't, yeah. I mean, like, I had, like, hashtag special needs, and now I look back, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I was that person. <laughs> but we feel the same as you about the word. We do not yeah. like it. Oh, no, I, I know, I know do you do. <laughs> I fucking hate that I hate word. <laughs> I hate it. I was listening and I'm like, yeah, they're being very diplomatic. They're waiting for me to come in. <laughs> Both of you do your accounts very well as far as kids with disabilities being online. It is just, here's my kid. Here's my family. We talk about these things a little bit, but it's not the whole damn thing. My deal is with a lot of these accounts is what are you trying to accomplish? Large portions of the world do not give a fuck about your disabled child. They don't care. Yeah. They do not give a shit. They see that, once again, why we don't say it as a special need. They see them as a tax burden. They see them as in the way. Why should my tax dollars pay for this? Why should anything I might have go to them? They're never going to be able to work. They're never going to be able to do anything. They don't produce anything. They're seen as baggage. Yeah, they're seen as baggage. They're seen as garbage. This is an issue that I have too with like people who really focus on the tragic side of it is that you're going to have people come to your account, especially if you have a a larger following and they're going to see this tragedy that's going on, right? Like the, the medical stuff, the hospital stays, this and that. At some point, there are going to be people where God forbid, if your child dies, they're going to think like, oh, at least that person's not burdened anymore. And I, I could never deal with that. I could never deal with anyone thinking that Cyrus's like death lightens my load. It's creating this entire facade when you're focusing on the negative and the trauma and all of this with people who don't deal with disability. It's creating this entire illusion that it's a burden. Yeah, and there's this genuine idea that, oh, if I just plaster my disabled child everywhere, I'm going to change the world. Mm, Yes. 
Yeah. I am going to make these people give a fuck about my disabled child. Yes. But it's not them. It's their sick kid. That's the difference. It's not the parent changing the world. It's the picture. Like, it's their kid. They're putting it on the backs of their kids who are bagged in ambulances, who are getting poked and prodded in hospitals. So that's my issue is that it's not the parents changing the world. If you're posting a picture of your kid really sick in a hospital, that's your you're, you're putting that on your child. You're also not changing the world at all by doing that. You're you're just exactly. honestly compounding the problem and creating inspirational porn. And then they get a taste for it. They get the likes and the mm. followers. It becomes more and more and more of the sharing. It's like a reward. Yeah. An exactly. It, it's you just published your baby half dead on TikTok. What are we doing? And I want to put this in perspective for all the parents. This is the perfect chance to do this. I want you to imagine, not even getting old, tomorrow something goes wrong, you have a massive stroke. You've got a blood clot in your brain that no one knew about that's been there for years, and one day it just pops. And all of a sudden, overnight, half your body is paralyzed, you lose your ability to communicate, you lose the ability to take a shit on your own, you were basically knocked back to toddlerhood. How much of that do you want on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Do you want yourself laying on the couch, half naked in a diaper? It's such a valid point. Drooling away. Do you want to be a special needs adult? Mm. Do you want your child no longer referring to the taking care of you, no longer referring to themselves as a child, but as an autism child or a stroke survivor child? You are not raising a rare disease. You are raising a child. You are not a, and this is, and Courtney, I'm sorry. You are not a caregiver. You are a parent. I fully admit you have a whole shit ton more responsibilities than the average parent, but you are a parent. You are not a medical professional. And so this is where I have a hard time with the caregiving thing because there are laws in place. There are bills in place. There are certain states in the U.S. because we are in the U.S. Uh, Wes is in Canada. But there are certain states in the U.S. that do offer caregiver insurance for parents that cannot work because they have to stay home with their kids. I mean, there are a lot of situations where daycares won't take disabled kids. So I think that there's like this dichotomy of that term is important in certain situations but I do have a big issue with parents referring to themselves as that in just like everyday life. Fill the paperwork out however you need to. Mm -hmm. I sound like I have no sympathy for the struggle of any parent dealing with this stuff. I have nothing but sympathy. But there is also a difference between for me of pushing for advocating for a disabled child and advocating for parents. I say it straight out. Yeah. Your disabled child's you, your, your child's disability is not your identity. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you go out without them, no one is staring at you. Yeah. And listen, these are hard pills to swallow. This is this is not easy for being on this side of things. It's not easy to hear. It's really not. I was very combative myself. You know, it's like, hi, it's me. That that was me that you're talking about, you know, and me still to some certain extent, which is why I just got called out about the caregiver. <laughs> but realistically, right, Wes, you're not wrong. And realistically, my son, he doesn't see me as anything other than mom, right? Right. Like, yes. that's the damn truth. So me sitting there and giving myself 
all these additional labels, who am I doing that for? Who Who is that for? You know, sometimes you need to take that step back and think about why am I calling myself that? And, you know, I'm just starting on the caregiver journey. I'm almost there, Wes, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's it's why I come in so bluntly and like brutally because it's like people, it's like the only way people get it is that shock to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The moderation gig that you have is, uh, we'll, we'll keep everything anonymous, but it's for an account and um, the child on the account consents. To everything and is very cognitively aware um all that I don't even want to like say the gender because I don't want people to <laughs> so I'm trying to think before I speak it is an account for a disabled child actor a mm-hmm. disabled child youtuber um very much the thing that they want to be doing I've talked with them but Wes you say these accounts are horrible and you're working for one and that's actually how it started I was talking with the mom and it was like, I don't necessarily like that this child has almost 50k followers. I don't particularly like that we've reached almost or just over 2 million people in the last month. However, if you're going to do that, you need to moderate. Mm-hmm. It was a six month, like a six month discussion about um, me becoming the moderator and possibly working and whether or not I wanted to do that just because the issues I have with this whole concept of going through and like saying, OK, well, you've got this comment, this comment, and this comment from like six weeks ago that you've never seen because you just you don't have time. You're a full time mom. You have your disabled child plus three other kids. You're running your child's career. And it is a career for them. They are a paid actor. The kid is making money. Most of the money goes to the kid. You guys have small enough accounts at this point because you haven't tried to get huge and big. Hopefully the podcast will, but your private accounts don't need to. Definitely not. (laughs) No, No, I really rather (laughs) don't. (laughs) I'm currently mentally prepping myself right now because I know the next video that goes on the account we figure it's going to be another one that goes viral because it's to do with the airlines and airline wheelchair damage. And keep in mind, I just moderate the Instagram at this point. We're talking about me also doing their TikTok, which I'm dreading because even the mom says like the TikTok, I've had to turn comments off on things because it is just a nightmare. TikTok is brutal. It really is. I, I have said, and the parent knows this, that yeah, the parent may be paying me. The parent maybe have hired me. I work for the kid. If the mom and I disagree on something, on whether or not a kind of post should go away, or usually I will explain why I think the kind of post should go away, but it's kind of an understanding of I work for the kid. If I think something needs to go away or someone needs to be blocked, they're going away, they're going to be blocked. If that is an issue, we can talk about it and, you know, you can fire me. But, you know, once again, it's not just about your child. It's about all the other kids reading this. I don't want some other kid reading this and thinking that it's okay to, you know, defend disabled kids and then talk about trans kids like they're trash. This is kind of an issue that I have, too, is turning all of that hatred into content, which I know some parents will do. And listen, I absolutely, I love, like, calling the trolls out publicly. I think they need to be blasted. Like, I'm all about that whole, like, get them fired life type of thing. (laughs) But at some point, either these children are going to be older 
and will read all of this. Or other kids will. Or, like, even parents or siblings might see all this hatred. And I have a hard time with the turning hatred into content. Well, and I think a lot of people use the hatred also to push their own agenda, even though they front it like they're doing something good for the disabled community. But it's actually not. It's more to get more followers. It's more to get more exposure for themselves. And I think there there might be a level they don't recognize that, but it, it definitely happens. Well, the, the account I work for... She has said that, like, I do, I, I call the trolls out less and less now because she has literally had trolls message her later and say, hey, thanks for making me a video. Ah, yeah, look at that. Which is why now, like, it pretty much, you know, the name is always fuzzed out and things like that, because that person has already been blocked. That person has already been removed from the conversation. The kid I work for is aware there are trash people out there mm-hmm. because they'll get the trash people in real life. Right. Yes. It's not just an online issue. All the crap your kid gets online, they're still just going to get a different version of it every time they leave the house. Mm -hmm. They're aware of it. They know it's there. And now you can tell them, it's like, okay, this shit is being said, but you've got someone that is making it go away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not so much for your benefit, but for the benefit of your fans for the benefit of the people going and reading it, and for the benefit of other disabled kids that might not be necessarily aware of it yet. And once again, why are you calling them special needs as if that is somehow going to protect them? It's not. Simply changing the language to something you think is softer doesn't do anything. You just made me think of something I wanted you to touch on is the echo chamber of these support Mm. groups or just in general on social media, especially I feel like we are talking more about moms than dads because moms seem to be just more actively involved in the social media aspect of quote unquote raising awareness of my disabled child or et cetera, et cetera. But you talk a lot about that echo chamber effect. Do you want to talk a little bit about it now to our listeners? Here's what happens. And I think both of you can probably identify from this from listening to the first episode of all of a sudden you've got this disabled baby that you didn't plan on having. And all you want in the world is for someone to tell you that you did nothing wrong. It's And I'm right out saying right now, I am not saying you did anything wrong. I am not saying any disabled, any parent of a disabled child did anything wrong. It just happens. So you go searching for that and you, they, you fall into one of these groups. And because all you want to hear is that you did nothing wrong and that everything is going to be okay. I think in terms of that, it's not just being told that parents did nothing wrong or mothers did nothing wrong. I think it's also the validation side of things. I think parents have to feel, especially if like parents gave up a career, they gave up traveling or or hobbies or anything like that. They need to feel so validated in all of these quote unquote sacrifices that they're having to make. And I don't want to say they're not making sacrifices, but it's like kind of comes with the whole job of being a parent to some extent, you're going to make sacrifices as it is. It's a really harmful narrative because parents are very publicly vocal about 
how much they have to go through and how much they have to sacrifice. And I really sit back and I wonder, what does this narrative do to the disabled community that's adults? And now they're having to sit back and think like, holy shit, did my parents feel that way about me? And I think there's such like this narrow mindset of, well, this only affects me and parents that have kids that are like the same age of my kids or like this doesn't affect the adults that are cognitive and can understand all of this. And would you agree with that and think that this whole narrative and this whole echo chamber and all this is like really, really harmful to not just the disabled community, but also like to the mental health of adults? Absolutely. The one thing, um, every parent of the disabled kid needs to learn real fast is that you will never understand what it is to be your disabled Mm -hmm. child. No matter what, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you think you can, you're never going to understand it. Just like they are never going to truly understand Mm -hmm. your birth trauma, your sacrifice, things like that. And I'm not saying that there isn't a sacrifice. There obviously is, and I'm not saying it's not harder to raise a disabled kid. It obviously is. And there's things you have to do that no other parent, no other parent of an able child has to do that you don't have to do with your able mm-hmm. kids. And that's its whole other thing. But there becomes this merger of they think the identity, oh, well, you know, I'm a disabled mom. I'm an autism mom. Like Cyrus, Cyrus exists in mm-hmm. the world. And Courtney, I apologize. I'm talking more about Brittany just because for some reason I am just less aware of your account. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I know I've been there. I know I've seen it. I know it's not problematic. You would have had problems with my account, though. I'm just going to put that out there. There were plenty of things. And I think you've probably had problems with my account in the past, too. I mean, this is all a progression through... I don't want to say the journey, but like a progression through the journey, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure I would have like back before we met if I went, you know, but one of my sick kids, kids, not the one that got me started in this, but the mom, she overshares a lot and I cringe a lot and I just, I can't bring myself to unfollow because I've been mm. following the kid literally since birth and the surgery and everything. It's just one of those things of, I just, I bite my lip a lot of times. Then every once in a while I can't. And she posted this pic of him in the living room with all his scars and that, which no problem. I don't care about showing the scars, whatever. But the kid happened to be naked at the time, and she just put a star over his wiener. Oh, no. What are we doing here? And she was like, oh, oh, shit, you're probably (laughs) right. And that pic went down. I'm like, this crap gets screencapped and stolen. All the time. The internet is forever. Forever. A, the internet is here forever. B, what the hell are you doing? Being (laughs) called out and being confronted with these sorts of topics as a mother and as a parent is can be really difficult to accept and to kind of really truly listen. And I'm sure we're going to push a lot of people away. I'm hoping we push them away to think and then they come back. That's my goal here. <laughs> you know, it, it's a really tricky thing. You know, we're talking about things that are hard mm-hmm. 
to hear. It is really hard to hear it. But, you know, when you do sit and you take this information and you sit with it for a little bit, the hope is that you get to that point where you see that there is there is so much truth and logic to what we are saying. And this these are real issues. This is not just about your social media account. There's so much more going on here. Every parent's goal, if you have a disabled child, should be to focus and empower and do everything that you possibly can for the disabled community. That doesn't mean talk over that community or speak on behalf of that community. That's a whole other thing. But I see so many parents that are so hyper-focused on the parenting community and building up their own support and this and that, that they are completely negating the community that their child is part of and I think that that's really the whole point of this episode specifically is to kind of learn ways as a mom or a dad or a sibling that you can do it the right way that really does strengthen the disability community and raise awareness in the proper way of like making actual change whether it's like bills or you know accessibility or anything like that that takes taking a step back and saying it's not about me it's not about other parents it's not about that community it's about my kids community and I should reel it back in a little bit and figure out ways that I can do this because there are a lot of parents out there that are harming the disability community by the content that they're posting. And I'll die on that hill. You've already got people that think they have the full right to just walk up to a disabled person in public and ask any medical question they want or, you know, how, how do you have sex? It's like, why? Are we going to fuck? <laughs> we can do a whole episode on awful, awful things I have said to people that have confronted me in public. And the awful things you've heard, I'm sure. Like, just no filter for the questions that have been asked for you to you. Just want to say, I am absolutely blown away by the positive responses I have gotten over the last six months or the year or last year. I'll get vulnerable for a second and fully admit that I have gotten messages from people about how I have changed the way they raise their child. And literally put the phone down and bald for an hour. I am extremely sensitive to the things I do. And when I come into somebody's comments or when I come in and say these things, I'm not just saying it to, you know, be hurtful or to be a dick. I'm saying it because a lot of the times it is the only way to break through the wall and put things in perspective. If you had told me in the eighth grade, the eighth grade, the ninth grade, the tenth grade, that I, you know, I was a disabled kid, there would have been a fight on your hands because I wasn't one of those kids. Mm. No fucking way was I was mm. one of those kids that I was seeing, that I was being shown. That's not fucking me. I will never be like that. And now it's a matter of, I am that. I've accepted that. I was one of those people and I want to give that same attitude to those kids now only with the positive thing of, okay, yeah, I am disabled. Fuck you. What about it? The reason I swear so much is because in my work is, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, you, maybe if you spoke a little soft, no, fuck mm -hmm. you. 
If you think the worst thing in the world is for a disabled child to tell someone that accosts them in public and ask them, "Oh, what's your disability? What's not a, what, what's wrong with you? Why do you why don't you just walk? Why can't you walk, little boy?" If you think the worst thing in the world is for that kid to look that per- adult in the eye and say, "Go fuck yourself," then you got to reevaluate the world that they're living in because you don't understand it. And no. it's it's very interesting that you're saying this for me because I've spoken with a lot of uh, disabled adults and they have told me like a lot of their childhood they were told like be the quiet disabled kid like don't make yourself too big and don't take up too much space and and I don't think that that has to be the case for the younger generation at all I don't think it should be the case and I also think that with social media in particular when you're opening up these doors of allowing people to ask questions about your child and their medical diagnosis and this and that and and putting it out for everyone to see, you're still creating that space. Like you're making this open book for your child when they might not want that. And they should have the right to not be an open book and to say like, no thanks, don't ask. <laughs> like, move along. I am not like I'm not here for your entertainment. I'm not here for your curiosity. And that's why I think it's very uh damaging sometimes to I think it's okay to to share your life, right? Like Cyrus is disabled. It's just part of our life. I'm not going to not post a picture of my kid in a wheelchair because that's just his existence. There's a difference between hiding your kid and like blasting everything about them to the point where like your kid's practically naked and you're talking about like you're showing videos of them seizing and stuff like like you're creating this open dialogue for strangers to to feel that it's still acceptable to ask questions, and then the kids should just deal with it. The best way for your child to advocate, the best way for you to advocate for your child and your child to advocate for themselves is to live their goddamn life and refuse to eat shit. Because the first thing you learn as a disabled kid is that the world, other kids, teachers, other parents, just anyone out in the world thinks they have the right to make you eat shit. I absolutely refuse to eat shit. The last time someone made me eat shit was my 8th grade graduation. And that was the last time I kept my mouth shut because I could see my mother in the crowd just being like, don't, don't do it, don't, don't, don't do it, don't do it. I decided later that night that was the last fucking time anyone was going to make me eat shit as a disabled person And now it's like, doesn't matter, public, doesn't matter how big they are. The worst thing you can do is kick the shit out of me. Guess what? I'm already crippled. I'm already in constant pain. And I want to instill this of, you know, I want Cyrus, you know, absolutely. And he's a spicy kid to begin with, you know, absolutely (laughs) refusing to eat shit. Give the kid a fuck you button to press if need be. Yes. yes. Can we yes. do that? He does have an entire like swearing page on his PRC. If you think the worst thing in your in the world is your disabled child telling someone to fuck off, you need to reevaluate what they're going to deal with in yeah. life. Yeah. Cuz that's like compared to what they receive is is so minor. Like they receive so much like discrimination and hate exactly like oh i i'm i'm sorry 
you're you're telling me this disabled kid doesn't have a right to live and you know should be drowned in the pool while the family is on vacation and you expect that little girl shouldn't look at you and tell you to go fuck yourself I can't wait until she hits that age where she can be a fucking bitch. Nice. Because <laughs> there was already such a personality and such an ownership anyway. I cannot wait for that moment when she knows how to be a fucking bitch when the need comes. What are your thoughts on how caregivers <laughs> or parents <laughs> um, can be active um, and, you know, like, participate in advocacy and all that while still being able to maintain privacy. Like, in your world, in your opinion, what does that look like? Advocacy is important. Raising awareness is important. Getting the things that our kids need in efficient times. Having approvals met. All that. It's so important because it affects the life and the quality of life of these kids. So how would parents be able to do all of this while still maintaining privacy Gonna try and, you know, be uncharacteristically succinct. A, once again, you're a parent, not a caregiver. You share your life. You don't share your story or your journey or, you know, any of the other buzzwords that various other medical mama bears like to use. I have a good example of an account that I really want to like, but I hate just because of the name. And I'm not going to say the name. We'll say it's Life with Alice, just as an example. And they have the, the the parents have four children the second youngest is i believe the second youngest is disabled the other two kids and the baby are abled at least as far as i know but the instagram account and it's just you know their their family life they're doing their thing but the instagram account is life with alice mm. it's not just about our family it's, it's about alice is the star Kind of like that show with the teenager that had Down syndrome back in the 80s or 90s. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. But like, it's like, no, no, they're the star of our little show. Mm -hmm. Well, why, why, why are they the mm -hmm. star of your little show? Is it just because they're disabled? And to me, that's the wrong way to do it. As far as raising awareness or advocating online, you need to look at what value is that really bringing? To take it offline and take it into real life, you're filling out insurance forms for, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, you're having difficulty getting a new piece of equipment for your disabled child. What good does it really do to explain that to the cashier at the Walmart? Who will never have to deal with that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or at least isn't right now. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Who will ne A, never have to deal with that, but B, doesn't work in the insurance industry, doesn't actually know your child or your family. Like you go to the Walmart in a different state because you happen to be on vacation and just start explaining all this stuff for any reason whatsoever. What good does that actually do? How does that actually help your child? So how, does, how do 10,000 people plus whatever hashtags you're using how does them knowing that your disabled child doesn't poop like a normal, like an abled child, how does that help your child? What does that bring? You know, okay, your disabled child is in the hospital for something. 
that's fine. I'm not saying that you shouldn't post them in the hospital unless they're like sick as fuck or in agony or something. If they're down, it's, you know, and once again, it's a family account. Okay, fine. That's something you're going through. But if you're posting that and then explaining everything every doctor said and everything every nurse said, I get that you think you're raising awareness and you are, but what does that do? What benefit does it actually have? Why do you think the world gives a fuck about your journey? Or why do you think that it's even going to make change to to divulge that? None of the followers are going to be like, I should write to insurance companies now and tell them that their policies are wrong. Like, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> like, it's not going to create change. Sorry. Exactly. Like, there are other ways to create change. Um, the recess project, for one thing. It, th- there are other ways to do this without just, you know, having your child's organs mm. splayed open on mm. Instagram or anything like that. This is the big argument that I use for not answering questions in public. You go out with your kid, your disabled kid in public. Someone walks up to you and says, "Hi, what the fuck's wrong with that kid? And you, wanting to be the educator, you go and you tell them everything. Oh, it's in my case, it's arthrogryposis. It's a congenital birth issue, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You give them the whole rundown. Do you honestly believe that person goes home that night? And while they're sitting with the family at dinner, that person goes, Hey, hey, kids, honey, you know, I learned something today. Did you know there's this thing called the arthrograposis? Do you think they even remember it by the time they get to their fucking car after walking through the parking lot? Absolutely not. (laughs) Your disabled children are not Pokemon to be collected so you can read through the little Pokedex by anyone who wants to take a picture. They are real, live human beings just trying to live their lives in a world that ultimately will treat them like a piece of shit every chance they get, and we're done with it. We've had enough. I try to think about my social media accounts, especially now that I feel I'm on this journey of education and enlightenment, is more what would I have would have posted prior to Lino's birth. That's how I try to put my mindset. Like, well, what would my social Mm. media look like prior to Lino being disabled? Right. And that's how kind of I try to filter what I put on the Internet, because why was I really changing it and making it all about Lino to begin with, I guess, is really the thing. But sometimes I just simply think about what would I post prior to disability? What would I post about my children prior to that? You know, uh, I don't know why that journey. Sometimes you kind of get <laughs> you're just like, I got to post about my disabled child overshare 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 it's wild that it's such a common occurrence i don't really understand it but it is very common for that to happen i don't know how to change that and it consistently happens that's the thing i think like i overshared at the beginning and i was trying to like build a community and like you can't relate to other people in your lives that aren't dealing with a disabled kid so I was trying to relate to other people and like put out the feelers and stuff and so there's just I I think that's what Courtney is kind of saying is that like that progression has to happen where it's like yeah okay we can't fault anyone for oversharing at the beginning but then 
phase it out. Get yeah, you gotta you gotta grow like, though. <laughs> you gotta grow. You eventually have seeing, to move on from that. Yeah, and I'm seeing people who are like consistently doing it after like 13 years who are not who have other kids and are not posting pictures of their other kids in diapers or in underwear or anything like that. But like they have a 13 or 14 year old that they're doing that with, and it's like where? Why are you treating your disabled kids so differently? <laughs> exactly, and like I've. I think I've posted a couple times on like other people's like, hi, I'm just wondering, um, when was the last time you made a three and a half minute video about how one of your abled kids takes a shit? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Does the world really need to know this? Because I promise you they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once again, you know, yeah, we can, oh, we can absolutely shame people for oversharing at the start, but we can also educate and then forgive. Yes. Mm. And then if, you know, they don't listen, oh my god, how dare you say that I can't do that with my child, things get a little more blunt. And it starts like, no, this is the damage you're actually doing. Because the other thing is, I'm not even so much against sharing the journey, but it's not your journey to share. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. You don't own it. Mm -hmm. You know? And worst of all, even if you think you own it, you have no right to give it away for free. Because I've said this on on my post a couple times. That your kid's journey, your kid's story may be the only damn thing in the world they have to monetize. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a valid point, too. In a world that only cares about how much money you mm-hmm. make and, you know, what financial value you bring so you can pay your own damn taxes and pay for your own damn accessibility. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with this now because I'm working with something called the Recess Project, which, you know, we're trying to put accessible playgrounds in places, you know, one piece of equipment at a time. In a world where everybody wants to find an excuse to treat your disabled child like shit, why are you not getting behind the people that are already fighting to make sure your disabled child is not treated like shit? 100%. Because I'm telling you right now, we're coming, we're, we're coming to a point where this, this shit is only going to start to get worse for a while if certain people get in like larger power places, both in the States and Canada. And if you still can't say the words like if you legitimately cannot say the word disabled then you're not helping you're part of the problem and we will treat you like you're part of the problem if you're not going to get you know behind disabled people then you're part of the problem and when if we have to roll over you we will we're done and that's the thing too is that it's it's the disabled adults the ones that are leading the community that parents really need to get behind not the strangers commenting thoughts and prayers because that's not going to change anything no yeah exactly we definitely want to have you back on Wes I think there's just so much we can talk about and I think there's so much you you bring to the forefront in regards to disability but before we end off today is there anything else you wanted to add before we kind of close up I'll just do some quick plugs my merch store is currently offline I am rebuilding but it's gonna take me some time Follow me on Instagram, West of Disabled Land, and follow The Recess Project. And please have me back because you both know I can talk forever. No, we will definitely be having you back. Might be fun to put a fuck count. <laughs> I know, on right? This one. We'll do like a, 
a drinking game for everybody who's listening. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> oh, God. People Everyone will, will die. die. People will die. I just want to thank our listeners who are tuning in to Bitching and Bullising. I want to thank Wes for coming on the show. Thank you it so was so much, much fun. Wes. So much great information. I think you have been such a vital um, advocate, at least for me and my journey. And I know the same for Courtney. And like Wes said, everyone follow the Recess Project. Um, follow Wes of Disabled Land. Um, and then follow Bitching and Bullising on Instagram. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. And don't be a dick to disabled kids online. Yes, don't do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bullising podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe for future episodes. Previous episodes can be heard on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. If you like what we said, please be sure to give us a share. You can follow us on Instagram at Bitching and Bullising. And you can visit us at www.bitchingandbullising.com.